Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're with us here today, especially if you're a visitor. We are blessed by a beautiful day. God has given us a beautiful weather, and we're, we're thankful that you're here, gathered together as the body of Christ to uh, worship God in spirit and in truth. Um, we are going to do uh, uh, something today where we uh, uh, look at some, some things in, in Scripture that are held um, together sort of in tension and things that uh, we must uh, keep balanced. And so uh, we're going to begin in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And in Deuteronomy 5, Moses stands before the people and, and he presents God's law. And he instructs them in the ways of God. And then he says this, You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And so we are not to be a people who gravitate toward one extreme or another. We are to be balanced. We are to strive to follow God to the best of our ability. And this sometimes means that, that we will feel a tension in our lives. Here's why. We like things to be simple. We like everything to be black and white. And we don't want any gray. And shifts in the way that we view the world or, or see things, that, that they often take a pendulum swing. And so uh, we, we move from one extreme to the other extreme. We, we rarely land in the middle because living in the middle is too hard. Because it involves tension and it involves discernment. And it's easier to align with an extreme and then everything is black and white. And C.S. Lewis warns of this in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, I feel a strong desire to tell you, and I expect you feel a strong desire to tell me, which of these two errors is the worse? That is the devil getting at us. He always sends errors into the world in pairs, pairs of opposites. And he always encourages us to spend a lot of time thinking, which is the worse? You see why, of course. He relies on your extra dislike of one error to draw you gradually into the opposite one. But do not let us be fooled. We have to keep our eyes on the goal and go straight through between both errors. What makes it even more difficult is there is usually an element of truth associated with one extreme or another. Take the Pharisees, for, for instance. Jesus condemns them in the Gospels for establishing laws where God had established none. Now, their intention was to keep people from breaking the law of God. That's a good intention. It's, got, it's good to uphold God's law. But they made a mistake when they veered to the right, they went to an extreme, And they began creating laws where God had created none. When it comes to choices, we would like them to be black or white. We would like our choices to be either or. It's either this one or it's that one. You're either on one side 
or you're on the other. And choices like this are clear. They require no discernment. They require no balance. And, and there are a lot of choices like this in Scripture. We are either for God or we're against God. We are, we are either following God or we're not following Him. Now, at the same time, there are parts of Scripture that require us to hold two principles in tension or in balance. And so rather than being an either-or choice, it's a both-and. And and again, this type of choice requires balance. It requires discernment. It's not as easy as an either-or choice. We have to navigate the waters of life. In fact, this is navigating the waters of life. This is the picture that Jesus presents at the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now, do you remember how this was worded in the King James Version? Some of you probably do. Some of you, like me, grew up on that version. You have this memorized. And it says, enter ye in, not at the the narrow gate, but it says, the straight gate. And a straight is a narrow passageway that you you have to go between two barriers. And you cannot veer to the left. And you cannot veer to the right. And this sounds exactly what, like what Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 5. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. We often encounter choices like this when we're striving to follow the ways of God. And today we're going to look at one of those choices found in John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus is full of both grace and truth. And as disciples of Christ, as followers of Christ, we are required to walk in his footsteps. This means that we need to have both grace and truth in our lives. Now, the text does not say that Jesus was more graceful than truthful or more truthful than graceful. He was full of both. And we struggle with erring on one side or the other. We might find it easy to show grace to others, but difficult to speak the truth. Or we might have no problem telling someone the truth, but struggle with being graceful toward them. Well, we cannot choose grace over truth or choose truth over grace. We must seek to balance both of these important characteristics of God. And so how do we do this? Well, we need to begin by getting to know both grace and truth. What, what, what is truth? What is grace? And we need to understand who it is that we are to be, the, the, the type of person that God wants us to be. So I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about truth, and I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about grace. And as I do this, remember that we are to be full of both. 
truth. Truth is what is real. It is what is factual. It is honesty. It is the opposite of falsehood or lies. When we go to the doctor, we want the doctor to tell us the truth. When we go to the mechanic, we want to hear the truth. We expect to be told the truth by our spouse, by our family members, by our friends. And if we're not told the truth, then this has a negative impact on our relationships. It's difficult to trust someone who fails to tell the truth. The truth is our friend, and yet the truth can sometimes be hard to hear. You might recall the the legal drama, A Few Good Men, where the Jack Nicholson character famously says, you can't handle the truth. Well, speaking the truth can get a person in trouble. A whistleblower is someone who tells the truth about corruption within a company or organization. And we have laws in America that protect whistleblowers because they're often threatened or harmed because they're wanting to tell the truth. Every word that Jesus spoke was truth. And this didn't cause everyone to like him. In fact, the Pharisees and the scribes, they detested Jesus for his truth-telling. He says to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? And even when the truth is not so blunt, it can still be difficult to hear. Jesus says to a woman at a well, you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. He says to a disciple who wants to bury his father, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. He says to the rich young ruler, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And these are all truths. They are things which which each individual needs to hear. They are things that we need to hear. But the truth is not always easy to hear. And so we must prepare ourselves to receive truth. Truth is also something we are to speak with one another. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. And in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the truth. And so Jesus is full of truth. He embodies truth. He is truth. And this is who we are to be as well. Grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It is receiving something that we do not deserve. It is kindness. It is mercy. It is love. 
And we all want to live in a world where grace is abundant. No one wants to live in a culture where grace is absent. A society filled with grace would be a pleasant place to be. A society void of grace would be hellish. We have all needed grace at times in our life, and we have all received grace. We know what it's like to receive a gift or a blessing when it's not deserved. We know how it feels to receive a gift in a moment when we desperately need one. Grace is Jesus saying to the woman accused of of committing adultery, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. Grace is Jesus telling a story about a wayward son who wastes the inheritance that's given to him by his father. And when he comes back home, because he has nothing left, the father throws him a party and does not condemn him. Grace is a stranger who sees a man who is hurt and lying on the side of the road. And rather than ignoring the man, he stops and he cares for him. And he places the man on his donkey and he takes him to an inn and he pays for his stay. Paul perfectly describes grace for us in Romans 5.8 where he writes, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we all need grace. It is a powerful, powerful force for good in this world. It can penetrate the hardest of hearts. It can reach the lost. It can heal the brokenhearted. Jesus walked this earth offering people grace. He healed the sick. He he fed the hungry. He comforted the hurting and much more. And his greatest moment was an act of grace. He laid down his life for you and for me. He bled. He endured pain. He endured ridicule. He suffered and he died so that we might have eternal life. Jesus was committed to grace in every way from his birth until his death. And this is the example that he has left us to be a people known for the grace that we show others. Grace and truth. Holding on to grace with one hand and truth with the other can be a challenge. There will be times when we will want to lean in one direction or the other. However, we must remember that we are called to be full of grace and truth. We are to embody both of these qualities of Christ. We live in a world that is in desperate need of both grace and truth. This world of ours, it's yearning for them. And when we live gracefully and truthfully, we're going to stick out. We might be considered unique. We might even be considered a little weird. This is because grace and truth are uncommon. They are not what people are used to seeing or hearing. And when we put on grace and truth, 
We may not look like a, a politician or a celebrity or an athlete, but what we will look like is Jesus. And that's what matters. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So may we seek to be full of grace and truth so that others might see Christ in us. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we uh, thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for the grace that we have received in our lives. We're thankful that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're thankful for the truth of the gospel and that we can know what is real and that we can know how to live our lives. And Father, we pray that we would be students of truth, that we would come to know your truth more fully and more deeply. And we pray that we'll be examples of grace, that we will show grace to our neighbors, to the people around us, to our co-workers, to everyone we meet. We're so thankful for your son, who is full of both. And we pray this in his name. Amen.